Um, we, we talked the last couple of weeks about hearing God's voice, and, and I wanted to, in our church, we, we had some room that we can expand and grow in this. But, you know, we talked about different things with hearing God's voice, and, and when it comes to hearing God's voice, there's a lot of reasons why we want to hear His voice, right? What are some of the reasons that you want to hear His voice personally? Direction. That's very common, you know, when you're, okay, God, I need to know where to go, what to do, what your will is in these situations. We ask to hear his voice. Uh, what about just relationship? You want to you want to know him, so you want to hear his voice when he speaks to you. And and so, you know, there's a lot of things uh, we want to we want to recognize when he's speaking to us. But there's another area, too, that I wanted to touch on before we left this topic, because uh, there's also uh, the need for the church to be able to hear God's voice because the church should also be God's voice in the world. And if we're going to, uh, to be an echo of his voice in the world, guess what we got to be able to do? Hear his voice. Now, a lot of times when, we, when we're wanting to hear his voice, we, we talk about the things that you guys just mentioned, that, well, I need guidance. Or, but, you know, it's a, it's a very unselfish thing to say, okay, God, I want to hear your voice so that I can speak to someone else. So that I can be a voice, because uh, how many have ever had somebody tell you at some point, you know, God laid this on my heart, God spoke this to me, God said this to me, and wanted me to share it with you, and it it really blessed you. Anybody had that experience? And, and so that's a really good thing when that happens, and especially if you've ever had it happen where it's something nobody could have known but you and God. You had that happen too, where it's like. Okay, nobody but me and God knew that issue. And so you knew it was just God speaking to you. So uh, when it comes to this area, we, we don't ever want to forget how powerful the voice of the Lord is. In fact, uh, I'll read you this passage out of Psalms. You don't have to turn to it. In Psalms 29, verse 4, it says this, The voice of the Lord is powerful. The voice of the Lord is full of majesty. So when we talk about the voice of God, here's what we know about it. Through scripture is that that it has this power to change anything. I mean, when we go all the way back to creation, what did God do? God said, let there be light. And what happened? There was light. So his voice, his words were enough to change darkness to light. So does it matter that, that our world hear his voice? Absolutely. Absolutely it matters. So when we talk about his voice, um, Isaiah 55, another passage uh, that I really like when it comes down to, to what God's voice does and his words do. Isaiah 55 verse 10 says this, For as the rain and the snow come down from heaven and do not return there, but water the earth, making it bring forth and sprout, giving seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goes out from my mouth. It shall not return to me empty, but it shall accomplish that which I purpose, and shall succeed in the thing for which I send it. So what's that saying? When God speaks, his words are very intentional, right? He has a purpose for those words, and what does he say about that purpose? It will happen, right? I mean, sometimes our words, you know, we can hope that saying something will change a circumstance, change a situation, or change someone's mind, or, but God's words are always effective. Even if not at the moment, there's not a change. They're still effective. They're still powerful. They have something. And, and, and when we talk about God's word, we talk about the Bible even. 
there's something there that's different, isn't it? I mean, you can read a book about any topic by a Christian author, and it can be good, but when you read the Bible, it's different. It's his word. It's, it's, it's his voice speaking to us. So when it comes to uh, hearing his voice, there's many ways that we can do it. And we, we talked about the still small voice last week and how God speaks to us that way. Uh, creation certainly speaks to us. You know, that God speaks to us through creation. Creation shows us things about the glory of God. And then also, of course, he's given us his word. Uh, but one of the things that I think God wants to do, and I said this just a minute ago, is, is speak to our world through people. Now, there's a lot of people who have a lot of different opinions about this. Um, you know, I don't know how many of you have heard different groups and how they feel about whether God still speaks. And, uh, you know, no need to hear what everybody thinks about it because everybody has a lot of opinions. But but one group will say, well, you know, uh, when when the scriptures were given to us, it was no longer necessary for God to speak through individuals. Now we have the word of God. And and I would agree with half of that. I would agree that it's a wonderful thing that we have the Word of God, and that is certainly the highest authority of God's voice, okay? I, I don't disagree with that one bit. But to say that somehow now, because we have that, God no longer speaks to individuals or speaks through individuals, I just don't think that Scripture supports that. I don't think it says that. And so what we want to look at real quick is just some things about that, just so you understand where I'm coming from with that, and then I want to give you a little challenge with it all. Um, because scripture does, I think, indicate that God is still speaking. Let's, let's jump around to a few scriptures. And if you don't have your Bibles, that's okay. It'll be up on the screen. Uh, in Acts chapter two, in the old Testament, people who say, well, God no longer speaks. They're, they're usually okay with him speaking in the old Testament and even some in the early new Testament. But then once scripture was all written down, they figure that's where it, it might've ceased or that's where they think it did cease. But, but let's look at how the Bible talks about this. In Acts chapter 2, verse 14, it says, But Peter, standing with the eleven, lifted up his voice and addressed them. So this is on the day of Pentecost, after they'd been filled with the Holy Spirit. He said, Men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and give ear to my words. For these people are not drunk, because they had accused them of being drunk, because I'm guessing they were pretty happy at this point. And as you suppose, since it is only the third hour of the day. But this is what was uttered through the prophet Joel. So he's pointing back to the Old Testament and the prophecy. And here's what it says. In the last days, it shall be, God declares, that I will pour my spirit on all flesh. So what's he talking about there? The baptism of the Holy Spirit, right? Not just the initial event, but the idea of the Holy Spirit being available and being able to be in all of our lives. Okay, so that's what he's talking about. I shall pour out my spirit on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall what? Prophesy. When we talk about prophecy, we're talking about somebody uttering a word that comes to their heart from God, right? So your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions, and that's another way that God speaks. Your old men shall dream dreams, another way God speaks. Even on my male servants and female servants, so he's covering every arena of people here. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy. So what's, what's he saying? Peter's telling us, look, Joel pointed to this, the Holy Spirit coming, and one part of the prophecy that Joel gave was that 
when God poured out his spirit on all people, when God's spirit was available to all people, people groups, male, female, servants, the rich, it didn't matter, okay, all groups, what would they do as a result of God's spirit, spirit being there? They would speak on his behalf, right? Prophesy, okay? It talks about dreams, visions. Those are, again, ways that God uh, speaks through people. Another passage, because Paul uh, talked some about this to the Corinthians. If you'll turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now, if you know much about the Corinthians, they were kind of like the modern-day charismatics of their day. They had a lot of, they loved spiritual gifts, and, but they needed a lot of adjustment. So it's really good that they needed so much adjustment because it gives us so much instruction about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and what they're about because Paul talked about them because they needed the instruction. So let's read starting in, in chapter 12, verse 1. It says, Now concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray by mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So he's saying, look, if somebody in your assembly is speaking and saying, I'm speaking on behalf of God, it will always line up with truth. Nobody's going to ever say anything bad about Jesus in the name of God, not truly in the name of God. And, and then when somebody's glorifying him, it's because the Holy Spirit is inspiring them to do so. So he's, he's given them a little instruction there. And then in verse 4, he says, Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each, to each is given a man, the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom... Okay, so as he's talking here, catch the ones that are speaking gifts. So when he says utterance of wisdom, that's not just knowledge you have in your head. That's what, what do you do with that? You share it, right? You, you, utterance of wisdom is speaking it. To another, utterance of knowledge. Okay, so that's another speaking opportunity, right? But it is a gift of the Holy Spirit. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gift of he, gifts of healing, uh, by the one spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. So there's another, there's four here that are speaking gifts. All these are empowered by one and the same spirit who appoints to each one individually as what he wills, right? So he says, did you catch the four that are speaking there? There was wisdom, Okay, what, what does that look like? You ever shared something God gave you for somebody that was just a wise, you know, I feel like God is saying this to you and it's, it's a wisdom thing. It's like, you know, slow down or be careful. It's wisdom. Okay, he gives you wisdom. Now, there's the other one that's knowledge. Now, there's a lot of debate about what this actually is. Some people will say, uh, you know, in, in most charismatic circles, this is considered like, Somebody saying, well, I feel like God's showing me that you have a pain or something in this area of your body. They call that a word of knowledge. I don't really think that's what the scripture is saying. That's certainly a gift that's connected to miracles and things like that. But what I think he's saying here about knowledge is basically what I'm doing right now, sharing knowledge from scriptures, you know, revelation, truth from scripture, you know, expounding on it. 
So there's a gift that's speaking also. And then he talked about prophecy, okay? So that's another speaking gift. If God shares with you something in your heart to share with others, then you're going to speak it. You're going to share it. And then he talked about tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, we're going to spend any time on that tonight because that's a whole other topic, okay? But that is speaking also, all right? So the main one we want to focus on there is the gift of prophecy because uh, what that is is the gift to the church where, where God speaks to our heart something and we share it with somebody. Now, Paul talked a lot about this particular gift because in the Corinthian church, he wanted them to understand why this was an important gift. Now, I'm curious, why would you think this might be an important gift in the body of Christ? Now, when we say prophecy, we're not just talking about foretelling future events, right? So in the Old Testament, we had some prophecy that was speaking about Jesus, pointing towards the future. Uh, Daniel prophesied about different nations and kingdoms and things that would come. Uh, We're not just talking about that, even though that's included. Uh, Why do you think, though, this gift would be important to the church? What does it do? How does it how does it help us? Okay, it encourages. Everybody here said when if they've ever had somebody share something like what I described to you earlier, that you were encouraged by that, right? So it's for encouragement. All right. It definitely does that. Anything else that it does? Okay, it builds faith because if somebody says to you, God put this on my heart, and He's He's really loves you and He's doing this for you, and then what do they think about? Okay, God hasn't forgotten me. You know, or if it's something that's really between you and God that nobody else knows, it's like all of a sudden you're reminded, okay, not only has God not forgotten me, but he can speak to somebody something very specific that's about me. And so it does increase and encourage your faith. Anything else? Okay, it can help you with direction. It can help you with, uh, you know, if you're in the midst of, going back and forth about something and somebody shares something with you and you know all of a sudden because of what they shared, okay, that's the direction I know I'm supposed to go. It can help with that too. So it's a good thing all the way around. Do you have something else? Okay. All right. So it does It does that as well because it reminds you, okay, we're all connected, and we're here to help one another. We're here to build up one another, encourage one another. And so it does help in that respect, too. Uh, now, in, in 1 Corinthians 14, if you're familiar with 1 Corinthians, you know after Paul talks about this, uh, he goes to verse, chapter 13, which we have as chapter 13. It wasn't really written that way, but it's about love, right? So he's saying, you know, all these things about spiritual gifts, they have to work through love. So love is crucial. Love is, is what drives it all. In fact, if you don't have it, then, you know, Paul says you're like a clanging symbol. You're just making a lot of noise. But then in chapter 14, we go back, and he says this in verse 1 of chapter 14, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may what? Prophesy. Now, why do you think he would pick that one and go, Desire spiritual gifts, especially this one. Well, he's going to tell us. For one who speaks... Now, remember, the Corinthians like to speak in tongues. They, they really like tongues, apparently. So, you know, that to, to them seemed like that was the, the thing, you know. 
And, you know, today in, in our, in, in some church uh, doctrines, this will be seen as the, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life. Um, I believe it is a manifestation of the Holy Spirit in your life, but not the only one, not the only one by far. And uh, in fact, I don't believe it's the most important one. The fruits of the Spirit are the most important ones. And the gifts of the Spirit are also a part of that. But the Corinthians had a thing about tongues, apparently. So he's, he's going to bring some correction to them in this area. And he says this, For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the Spirit. So if somebody, and, and if somebody is in your midst and they're speaking in tongues, do you understand what they're saying? No, you don't. It's between them and God. Actually, they don't understand what they're saying. But if you, if you have the gift of tongues in your life, what you know is it does encourage you, it does edify you, it does build you, as Jude talks about. But your understanding, Paul says, is unfruitful. So he says, look, if you're in the assembly and you're speaking in tongues, that's helping you, but it's not helping anybody else. For their upbuilding. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding for their encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds up himself, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. So here's what he's telling us. He's saying, look, you know, tongues is a neat gift. So when you should gather, what should you want to happen? Just you to be built up? You should want the church to be built up. So he says, desire spiritual gifts, but especially prophecy, because if you prophesy, if you let God speak a word to you and you share it with others, guess what happens to everybody? They're built up. So he says that's why he's pointing out very specifically. Now, prophecy builds up, encourages, consoles. So it's, it's all those things that y'all mentioned before too. Let me read you a definition that I really like uh, about what prophecy is from John Piper. He says, prophecy uh, is a regulated message or report in human words usually made to the gathered believers based on spontaneous personal revelation from the Holy Spirit for the purpose of edification, encouragement, consolation, conviction, or guidance, not necessarily free from a mixture of human error and thus needing assessment on the basis of biblical teaching and the mature spiritual wisdom. So here's what he's saying in that definition, which I really like. Okay, It is God's Spirit speaking, but it's not without the ability for us to sometimes mix our opinion in. So here's where we, we separate it from, and this is where I think some people get hung up that say, well, the Word of God is closed, we don't add to it, so therefore we don't need this anymore. What we're not saying is that somebody saying, God put this on my heart, God said this to me, is equal to Scripture. Not saying that at all. Not even close to saying that. Because I think we all should very humbly, if God speaks something to us, go, this is what I believe he's saying to me. And, and I've certainly got room for the fact that I could hear something different, or I could mix my own opinion in with it without intentionally doing that. So I do that with... with with fear and trembling, okay, this is what God, I believe God's saying to me, but I'm not equating it with Scripture. And so what he's saying is, because here's what Paul said too, Paul later would say in 1 Corinthians, in fact, let me just jump down and we'll read what he said later. 
in verse 23, he says, If therefore the whole church comes together and all speak in tongues and outsiders or unbelievers enter, will they not say that you're out of your minds? And if you've ever been to some Pentecostal meetings, you might think those people are out of their minds. Okay, he said, look, if everybody's talking in tongues and somebody comes in and they don't have a clue what's going on, they're just going to think, okay, this is just crazy. But listen to what he says after that in verse 24. But if all prophesy and an unbeliever, an outsider enters, he is convicted by all. He is called to account by all. The secrets of his heart are disclosed. And so falling on his face, he will worship God and declare that God is really among us. So what he's saying there is, look, uh, when, when somebody comes in and they begin to prophesy and they begin to say, this is what God has spoken to me about you, and that person knows there's no way they would know that, then he knows God's been among you. Now, what Paul later goes on, we won't read the, the rest of this, but what he, he goes into talking about orderly worship, and he, he tells us, look, judge those words. Now, if it was infallible, he wouldn't tell us to do that, would he? If there was no room for us, and some people will say, well, uh, if uh, this was God speaking, it would be like the Old Testament, and there would be no margin for error. And I understand where people are coming from with that, but uh, most of the time in the church, we're not talking about, we're not saying, like, I, I do think if somebody says, look, on December 3rd, an earthquake's happening to California, God told me so. Okay, if that doesn't happen... Somebody's got to sit down with that person and go, you missed it. You need to admit you missed it, okay? Because that was very specific. But when you're sharing something that you feel like God's put on your heart, what Paul's saying is here, he's saying, look, everybody should judge that. Everybody should say, okay, that's consistent with Scripture, okay? That's a good way to, to express that. That sounds like God. Because here's the thing that, people, that can happen too. When somebody feels like God said something uh, to their heart, they can, they can get it all messed up in how they say it. They can actually get a pretty good something that God's speaking. It's accurate, but then they mess it up by having a bad attitude or the way they say it, or they go into too much, they add too much to it. They give their own opinion of how. So all those same kind of things can happen. Now, here's what if we don't admit that we can have some room to grow in this area, here's what we run into. And this is where, uh, this is what I want to throw out for you tonight, because here's what I think I have done in this area that I want to make a correction with. I feel like that I have, I've seen a lot of misguided stuff in this arena, okay? And 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 I won't even go into all those things. And, and I've heard a lot more stories than what I've seen, I heard a guy tell a story one time about this guy, you know, he was upset with the church and he was going to prophesy that God said he's writing Ichabod over the church. Well, you know what that is in the Old Testament when he said Ichabod, it meant the glory departed. So he said, he got up in the church and he said, thus saith the Lord, the Lord is writing Michelob over this church. (laughs) He got his words mixed up. (laughs) He said the beer name. But people say all kinds of things in God's name, okay? Their own opinions, their... And so, you know, who knows how many people have told someone that God told them that you're supposed to be my spouse and they didn't even like them. And, you know, there's all kinds of things. Y'all have heard stories. You've probably seen a lot of stuff too. But but here's the thing that, that I feel like uh, I want us to to work on as a church. And, you know, Wednesday night, 
it's a good time to to talk about these kind of things too because a lot of times the people that come on Wednesday night and we have obviously some people out tonight because it's day before Thanksgiving but you know when you talk about people who are going to actually follow through on this a lot of times they're the people that show up on Wednesday night just just because you know it's just a little different I, I won't go into all that <laughs> forget just let's tell you other y'all know what I mean okay so what I would like is for us to all decide, okay, because it doesn't have to be everybody to start deciding, okay, this is this has got some room for us to grow in. This has got some room for us to work more in. And, and then hopefully other people will, will go, hey, that's a good thing for the body of Christ to be functioning in. And, and it's this, there's got to be room to grow, and there's got to be some, some room for, um, I hate to use the word error, but a margin for, okay, I'm going to have to learn this as I go. Because here's what we do. Sometimes when it comes to people saying, well, God shared this with me. I'm sharing it with you. We feel like, okay, that's just got to be perfect. I can't mess that up. And, and I, I do think you should have some fear and trembling when you, when you speak in God's name. But when it comes to, like, if I, if I told you, hey, I'd like you to practice teaching, you get up on a Wednesday night and you share, you know what we would fully expect? We would fully expect it would be challenging for you because you'd get nervous. Because you would, you, would, you would think, I've got a ton of information. It would all be gone in five minutes. Anybody ever experienced that? When you first start getting up and sharing, you think, man, i got pages of stuff. And then 10 minutes in, you're like, I'm done. <laughs> I said it all. It went really fast. I don't know what happened. And, and so what does that mean? That means you got some room to grow, right? So when it comes to this area of hearing God and speaking on his behalf, we all got room to grow. We all got room to, to let God do something in our life in this area. Sometimes, and, and I, I'm, I'm saying this to tonight because I want to get the ball rolling with this, sometimes I think we don't, we don't have that same margin in this arena, and I want us to, to work on it. I want us to work on uh, how. And, and sometimes it's because some people get up and they'll say, thus saith the Lord, and they start rattling stuff off, and you're thinking, I can't even think that fast. How can they speak that fast? Some people just have a real gift for just being a mouthpiece, and it just like flows through them so fast that it doesn't even have to stop and spend time in their brain. It's just like, it's just coming out. That doesn't happen to me. So if I tried to do that, I'd be getting all tripped up all over everything. So, But you know what? Everybody doesn't have to do that. Everybody doesn't have to do that that way. Uh, but there are ways that each one of us, I believe, can be God's mouthpiece, and can hear his voice, and can speak. Now, some people will say, well, I don't feel like I have a gift to get up in front of people and share, but I don't mind sharing something with somebody personally. You know what? That's a good place to start. Here's the only thing I would suggest with that. Don't start giving people direction just between the two of you. Why is that not a good idea? Because, number one, you want somebody to kind of witness what you say because uh, number one, it protects you because if, if they go, okay, he said this, and they go out and do something, and you're like, well, wait a minute, that's not what I meant. That's not what I said. Then you can have a real mess on your hands. Or, you know, it just opens up doors for things that, that we don't want. So, you know, make sure that you're, you're not doing directive-type stuff personally with somebody without somebody there with you. But let's start looking for opportunities. Be willing if God gives something to you for somebody, there's times where it's good to share it in the assembly, in front of people. 
Because, you know, Paul's obviously talking about that in 1 Corinthians 14 because he says, let others judge, you know. And then he also talks to them about the idea that, you know what, the spirit of the prophet is subject to the prophet. So he says this, he says, look, he's telling them because apparently the people in Corinth had a problem with order too. So he's like, you know, if somebody else has something, you sit down, you can stop. And, and if you've ever been around some groups, it's like the idea of prophecy, it has to come on you, get you out of control, and then just like leave you like, I'm done. Well, that's not really how Paul's described. So it's not out of reason. It's time for you to stop. You can stop. You can just stop. And so it's not out of control. It's not something that, that's just like uh, a frenzy or anything like that. It's just God speaking to you and through you. Now, here's what I I believe. I really believe that if we will start to let this be stirred inside of us, and and Paul, you know, he exhorted Timothy, you stir up the gift that's within you, that people will start being edified and encouraged by it, and it'll open up some things in the church that are good. And, And also, it'll help us to grow in our ability to hear God as well. And I'll tell you where this can come in uh, to be a powerful thing as well. As Paul mentioned, you know, somebody can come into the church and they can hear a message and speak to them. Sometimes God will put something on somebody's heart for that individual and it speaks personally to them. Not just a general word to to the church out of the scriptures, but it's personally for them. And, you know, it might be somebody feeling led to pray for them or, uh, you know, whatever that can reach somebody's heart as quick as anything can. And so I'm hoping that by talking about this on the heels of us talking about hearing God's voice, that we can open this up more in the church. Um, You know, generally speaking, the way we handle this type of thing, if somebody has something to share during worship or at any point, they usually come over to me and tell me they got something and, and then we just look for the opportunity. So, uh, Here's what I want to encourage you. And some of you might be thinking, that's not my area. And you know what? It might not be, okay? Because I, I think we can't look at 1 Corinthians 12 and think, well, we all got to do everything because he's saying, look, the body of Christ, each part's important, but this is an important part. So if God has really gifted you in this area, I'm encouraging you to move in it. If, if you don't know... I'm encouraging you to ask God, God, is that something you want to do in my life? Is that something you want to do through me? If you're absolutely sure it's not, then that's between you and God, okay? I'm certainly not trying to force anybody to do this type of thing because, uh, you know, that could, that could have a lot of negative fruit too. So the encouragement is we're supposed to hear God, and then we also want to be people that are able to speak on his behalf. Look for opportunities, not so that we can control people's lives, not so that we can get out what we want to say to them and with the thus saith the Lord on the end of it, but because God wants to speak to people, and sometimes people have trouble hearing him, and sometimes he wants to confirm things, but whatever the reason, he wants to speak through people too. And I think, you know, we just kind of touched on some things tonight, but it's in Scripture. This is, this is throughout Scripture, okay? It's all the way through. And so we want to look for those opportunities in the church to speak on God's behalf. And, uh, you know, you could, you, could, you could write something down for somebody, too. If you're not comfortable up in front of everybody, you might just write out what God's given you. 
Sometimes that's an effective way to do it. So whatever it is, however it is, we want to look for more of God's voice speaking because if we really believe God's voice is powerful, and we do, we know that a word from him can change somebody's life and can do something that our words can't do. Now, I'm curious if anybody have any questions about, because I went through a lot of stuff really fast. Anybody have any questions about anything that we just covered? Because if you do, I want to, it's Wednesday night, we can take the opportunity to answer the questions. Nobody? Any comments? You got any questions, Ron? No? Okay. <laughs> any comments? Any Anything you want to add to what I've been talking about? Okay. All right. Let me give you an example. Uh, let's say you're sitting here in service, and for whatever reason, uh, you feel impressed. You look across the room, and you see somebody, and you feel like God's wanting to say something to that person. And you're like, okay, God, what do you want to say to him? And and he puts something on your heart, very specific for that person. So now you got to ask yourself what? What's the next question? <clears throat> When? When should I do it? Is, is this something I should do in front of? And I'm glad you asked this question because this is a good opportunity. To, <laughs> okay. So you should ask when, when should I do it? So you, you, then you got to decide. And this is one of the reasons, and, and I think this is really important to talk about, why sometimes people don't do this because they get lost in the woods here. And it's like we start going... I don't know about that. And then it's like all of a sudden I'm just, I don't know. And we're done. I can't do it. Okay. So, and that comes from, from listening to God. Now, here's the thing. If you feel an encouraging word for somebody, you can never really go wrong with that. So if you're going, I don't know if this is God or this is me. You know what? If you give somebody an encouraging word, did it really matter? I mean, you want to make sure that you're listening to God, but but I tell you, it's not the devil. I mean, he's never going, go encourage that person, right? He's never doing that. So you might think, well, it's just me. Well, if you're wanting to encourage somebody, somewhere in there, God's in that too. So that part of it's not not a big deal. But now, if you're, if it's, you know, you're like, I, I think that person's going to have a baby, and I think they're going to have a boy, and I don't even know that they're pregnant. You might want to check and see if that's God. <laughs> you might want to put that one through a few filters before you go there, all right? You might want to run that by somebody in leadership too, okay? So I don't think anybody's going to do that, but I'm using an extreme example. So then you say, okay, when do I do this? Now, here's how you can judge that. Uh, if it feels like a, a, a pretty personal thing, Probably not for the whole group, you know, probably better to see them afterwards or write them a note or, you know, find a way to share it with them. If you feel like, you know, they might. And, and then I, I think about this, too, because I know people at times, some people I feel would get really embarrassed in an assembly type situation if you point them out. And so I try to be careful about that. Now, sometimes, you know, you just push through that because it's it's something that maybe you want people to pray for them about or, you know, so, so you just kind of have to judge the situation. If you ever wonder and you're not sure, 
You can always come up to me if I'm up front at the time. You can go to Don if it's after he's back in his seat and he's not up here. And you can say, here's what I feel. What do you think? And we'll tell you. And and so it might be for later, might be for now. Who knows? Sometimes you might think, well, people probably don't want me to say this in front of everybody. But yet, somehow, you know, I think we, we, we don't want everything to just be in private either. There's something about, you know, sharing things in the assembly that strengthens everybody and encourages something that's a good thing. Because if, if all of them get said personally, individually, then none of us know this is happening, right? Yes, there's not as much room to judge it. To, and I don't think that's always as big a deal if people are, you know, doing things with the right heart and motive. But, but I think that it, it gives us all the realization that, okay, God is saying something to them, speaking something to them, and it makes me think about maybe he wants to say something through me, and then it makes somebody else think, well, maybe God will speak to me. And, and there, so there's something in that that's a good thing. That's a healthy thing. So I think you got to be careful not to always be going, you should just say this in private. But there are times. So you, you sort through that. You can come up and you can say, hey, here's what I feel. And, and then I would just look for the opportunity. Yes. And so, so I would be standing up here. You would just tell that to me. And I would be looking for the opportunity. Usually that involves me trying to get Billy's attention. <laughs> I'll just look, and occasionally he'll look up at me, and i got to be looking up when he looks up, and and then we'll look for that opportunity. Generally speaking, we want to give that time like right after worship. We don't want to change the whole direction of the service at just any time. And so that's, that's generally the time that something like that would happen. Or it could be even after the message, you know. Somebody might feel like, you know, I just feel like, like, like another example might be, God put something on your heart, and you feel like there's some people, you don't even know who. You feel like there's maybe some people that are struggling with, with uh, maybe feeling hopeless. Just an example. And you're like, I don't know who that is, but I feel like I'm supposed to pray for you. And, and could you tell me who you are? And so people might raise their hand, or you might ask them to come forward, and you actually put your hands on them and pray for them. So... There's all kinds of ways that it can be, but it's basically us just looking for, for opportunities to recognize, okay, there's people in the body of Christ at any given moment that might need ministry. And by ministry, I'm not talking about sitting down and counseling them and that kind of ministry. I'm talking about a word from God, a word that he puts in your heart for them or a prayer for them or a scripture. That could be another example. Sometimes God will, will, will have a scripture that's just standing out to you, and you're like, okay, is that for me? And you'll get to church, and God will point somebody out to you, and he'll say, that's for them. It might have been for you too, but it's for them. And you could share that with them publicly. You could share that with them privately. Publicly, guess what you're also benefiting? Everybody gets to hear it, and somebody else might go, I needed to hear that scripture today. Now I'll give you I'll give you a little example. Um, when when Don preaches, he has more of a prophetic gift, just all the way around. Even when he's just preaching, I had spoken to somebody in a in a private meeting uh, within a week of his last message, and when when he was sharing his message, he could have been sitting in our meeting, okay, 
And they knew it, and I knew they knew it. And afterwards, I was like, okay, did you hear all that? Because <laughs> it was a very specific, it was, it was a message out of Scripture, but yet there was something that was very specific to them that was said in a lot of the things that he, he brought home that were pretty specific examples. And I thought, okay, that's, a, that's an example of that. He wasn't speaking directly to them. He could have, but they heard it. I guarantee you they heard it that way. Did I answer your question? Okay. All right. Any other one with that? Does anybody else have a question about that? Because that's a, that's a good, exactly how that works is something that, and, and this is something we, got, we just got to give room for too. Okay. So, so you know, it's, it's about us all looking for the opportunities, listening to God, and being willing to say, okay, I'll, I'll be used. If you want to say something, God, you want to use me? Now, here's a great thing about it. There's a world out there that needs to hear from God. And you know what one of the great places that we have the opportunity to practice hearing and sharing is right here. Amongst people that love you, that, you know, it's, it's a good environment. Because guess what you can do if you start to learn to listen to God and speak on his behalf? You can be out in the world doing your job, doing and God could drop something in your heart. And because you're familiar with this whole process, you go, I feel like I need to share something with this person. Like I heard this really neat story uh, by a pastor who's not really, he's from a Baptist background. So this is not uh, generally the direction that he would go in, but he's talking to one of his, his friends that's more uh, open to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And the guy said, all right, let's sit down and let's just listen. And he says, what do you mean? He says, what, the first thing that God puts in your mind, I want you to tell me what it is. And he goes, okay. And I don't know if I've got all the details of the story, but I'm going to give you the gist of it. And so he said, first thing that popped into my mind was a Whataburger. <laughs> and he's like, that's just weird. And, and the guy was like, okay, anything else? Well, I saw this person at the Whataburger. And he goes, okay, let's go to the Whataburger. And he's like, what? And he goes, come on, let's go to the Whataburger. And, and, and we sit down, and they say, it's a guy here. And he's like, I don't see him. I, must have just been something I ate. You know, must just, I don't know why I saw the Whataburger. Well, at some point in their conversation or they're sitting there, he sees this person. Now, he thought it was a girl. He thought it was, a, I believe he thought it was a girl and it was a guy that was dressed kind of like he thought. And he was like, I don't understand. And the guy, the minister that was with him, knew the guy. And so he went over and talked to him and he brought him back over. And he goes, I just want you to understand how this works. Okay. You didn't know, you didn't know anything about all this, but this guy's daughter had been put in jail and they had struggled with her. They'd been praying for her. And somehow that interaction was this guy's knowing God was telling him, I see what's going on. I got it. And so the whole thing just like blew him away. And he was just so thankful that they had come and they prayed with him. Well, that dad went out to his daughter in jail and told her what happened. And she got saved. Now, that's a weird sequence of events, wouldn't you say? I mean, you know, Whataburger and some guy in a striped shirt or whatever it was. And, but you know what? Once you kind of 
get in the mode of thinking, okay, God speaks. Maybe there's some things that he'll do that you just think, wow, that's amazing. Only God could do that. I don't know if he's going to send you to the, we even have a Whataburger in town anymore. We used to have one. But anyway, McDonald's, whatever it is. So the whole thing is just, let's get used to listening. Let's get used to being a vessel, being one that speaks. And uh, I think that it's something that God wants to do in the body, and, and we want to let him. And there's all other all kinds of other gifts, too, that he wants to use. But this one specifically, uh, I think, is, is an encouragement. It's a strengthening gift, and we want to use it more. Amen? All right. Any other questions, comments? It meant something specific to you. Sure. And the other thing that can happen, too, is sometimes you share something with somebody and they're not necessarily identifying with that at the moment, but something can happen within the week of that, and they're like, oh, that's what that was for, you know? And so you just never know. And so let God uh, use you and take a chance with it. You know, don't tell somebody if they're not obviously pregnant that they're having a child and that it's a boy and all that kind of stuff. In fact, um, John Piper, the guy who read that definition, one time I heard him tell because he was talking about abuses of this, and he said a guy came to him, his wife was pregnant, and said, you're going to have a boy and he's going to die after he's born. And he was just like, what? And the guy said, God told me you're going to have a boy and he's going to die after he's born. And I mean, imagine, imagine that your wife's pregnant and, and this was before sonograms and they didn't know what they were having. And, and so he, that just weighed on him and his wife is in delivery. She has a baby and it's a girl. And he goes, Oh, thank God. I know it's not true. <laughs> and it wasn't true. The child was fine. So that guy really missed it and really should have said that. <laughs> so, you know, I don't think anybody will do that, but somebody go first. What you want to yeah. <laughs> And you didn't end up having a girl. <laughs> And, and sometimes, especially if we know somebody's situation well, our emotions can get, what we want for them can get mixed in there. And so, you know, there's getting specific like that can, can be a little dicey. But, uh, you know, encouraging people, lifting them up, you know, that's all good.
Wow. That one part probably is just you, but... The feeling that God wanted you to speak yeah. something? Okay. When you said that feeling, I wasn't sure if you were talking about oh, the other. And and your heart's pounding and you're thinking, oh, when am I going to do that? I know. But you've also had the feeling of, of obeying that too. And, and, and it's just a good thing when you see, yeah, when you see somebody has been encouraged and strengthened and, you know, sometimes this is something that happens more than you realize. Sometimes people are really struggling with, is God hearing me? Is God paying any attention to me? Is God, and sometimes that very specific, God spoke to me about you can be the very thing they need. They may not even hear a word you say in the details of it, but just the fact that, okay, God hasn't forgotten me, can mean the world to somebody. So, you know, he can use us in so many ways. We just have to be willing to to be the vessels, to step out, and to, to listen and obey. <laughs> no. Okay. <laughs> hey. You know, God can certainly do that. Um, God can, God can certainly do that. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying it can't happen. Uh, I just wouldn't start there if I were you. I would. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and you know, and and I will tell you this. I do believe that some people have uh, a gifting in this area that's different than others, and and so therefore, you know. They may see some very specific, very detailed information that other people are like, I never see that kind of stuff. I just got some general stuff here. And if you got general stuff, stay with general stuff. Don't try to be specific, you know. Give what God gives you and and then let him decide how he does that. And I don't know why that works the way it does, but some people, God gets very specific with what they see and what they hear. And that's okay, because remember what Paul said, there's diversities of gifts. There's different ones for different people. So we don't have, they don't have to all be the same. All right, we're all good.